you'll put that particular scripture on the screen, Ephesians 3.20. The Bible declares, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, exceeding, do exceeding abundantly, watch this, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now, now unto him, God. Who is the him? Everybody shout, the him is God. Yes. Now unto God that is able to do, not just a little bit, <laughs> exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Ask or think. So um, it's crazy because I had a thought that I did not verbalize. I ain't tell nobody about it. I just, I was just thinking, and it was resting upon my heart. I didn't even ask God about it. I ain't even prayed about it. But I said, God, what if we had, like, our own place where I could take brothers away from their norm, away from everyday life for a couple of days just to strengthen and encourage, just to pour into them? What if we had like our own place where I could say, hey, listen, um, Saturday, uh, 9 a.m., I want to meet all of my singles, and I can just take them out of their environment. Something else I know that God put in my heart, I, wanna, I wanted to do something special for, I was calling it PKs, but I'm calling it LKs, leaders' kids. The, the children of, of pastors, the children of deacons, the children of ministers and elders, because how many know when the enemy can't get you, he started targeting your babies. So not only do they have their own challenges of growing up, adolescence, uh, school, bullying, and all that other kind of craziness, they, the enemy launches a special attack on them just because they connected to us. What if I had my own place where we could take them and we could minister directly to them? And so it was just a thought. So maybe a month or so ago, um, this property, put this, put this on the screen, this property came available. Just, just hold it right there. It just came available. And uh, I'm like, hold on, God. No, no, no. I ain't even asked. I, I didn't even ask. This don't make sense. I'm not even thinking about my scripture. I'm just, I'm not, I didn't even ask for this. But I thought about it. And when I looked at the place and, and I walked the, the, the property and, and the staff, they got tired of me taking them because every time I go out there, I walk the entire 17 acres. <laughs> they like, pa pa Pastor, we can, we can see. <laughs> no, we walking. And I start walking around, and I'm like, God, you, you going to do this? You going to do this? God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or what, y'all? The stuff you ain't even verbalized. So God's been in the midst and he's been working already. The, the initial price for this particular property was $795,000. That was the original price. Um, we got them down to $525,000. <laughs> yeah. So, so we... We saved a quarter of a meal just in the negotiation phase of it. And so th this is what we, this is what really attracted me to the property. Um, praise God for the excellent relationship that we have with our banker. Um, I just picked up the phone and said, hey, we want this property. He said, how much you need? He said, 
He said, how much you need? So the funds and everything is already secured. And this is what, one of the reasons I, 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 the initial reason I fell in love with the property. And not only is it uh, enough acreage for us to do what we want to do, it's already cleared. But with the facilities there, they're economically inclined to pay the property off. Just let, Let's say we don't do anything else but just purchase it. We can subsidize the, 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 the amenities on the property where it takes care of the mortgage and pays it off itself. Ah, I got a prophetic word. The man of God, he, he didn't know nothing about me. He, know, he didn't know nothing about me. But he prophesied to me, and he said, it'll be paid off in five years. <laughs> Five years. <laughs> Five years. My God today. My God today. Not 20, not 30. Now y'all should get excited because watch this. Same grace. <laughs> Same grace. Same grace. If that grace is on my pastor, it won't take me 30 years. I, I, I know I got a 30-year mortgage, but it won't take that. I got a 20-year, but it won't take 20 years. So um, I'm thinking kind of crazy a little bit. I'm thinking kind of crazy. I ain't worried about that. We're we, we going to take care of that. Um, we're going to take our time and erect the building at a time. We're going to erect the building at a time. We're going to start with the main center. And, and about three weeks ago, um, I, I was getting this, this thing in my heart, and it, my chest was feeling funny. I'm like, God, what's, what's up with me? What's up with me? Because I got the design in my head and what we need to do and the building that we're going to build. And, and I'm like, you're going to have to help me because I'm feeling a little funny. And God spoke to me, and he said, you're thinking too small. Why are you going to build that little bitty old building just to have to tear it down and build what you really need? So, so we're going to start on the main edifice first. And this is why I say I'm thinking crazy, because we're not going to take out another loan for that one. We're going to pay cash for it. Watch this. We're going to pay cash, and we're not going to drain our reserves. <laughs> we're going to pay cash, and we ain't going to be broke. So this is what I have in the works. I have two things in the works. Um, number one, beginning in January, February, we're, we're going to initiate a community campaign. Everybody shout community campaign. What is the community campaign all about? We have people who love this ministry. They're friends of this ministry, and they don't mind supporting what God has placed in our spirit to do. They don't mind. And we're going to reach out to those friends. We're going to reach out to those family members. And we're just going to ask them to give what God puts on their heart to give. And it's going to be an extreme blessing. But before we go to the community, this is the challenge for the house. Everybody shout December 18th. Sunday, December 18th, we're going to have a giving day here at the church. Where I'm going to ask you to give above and beyond your regular tithes and offering. And this is all I want you to do is just ask God what to give. I ain't going to do no thousand dollar line. I ain't going to have no hundred dollar line. I ain't going to prophesy to you if you give to you. I know. No. I'm just going to ask you to ask God what to give. 
Now, my goal for December 18th is $40,000 above what we would normally take in in that month. $40,000 in one day, December 18th. She said it could be done. I say it's already done. Yup, $40,000, and we're going to do it. I'm super excited about it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to talk to, to, to the family just for a second. Because this is what God is challenging me and I want to challenge you with. If you just simply keep your heart pure, the sky is not the limit. All you got to do is just keep your motives right, keep your attitude right. Check bitterness, check unforgiveness, all that other kind of mess that the enemy tries to put in your heart, and the sky is not the limit. The man of God, he, he, he spoke again, and he, he, he gave me, he released the word. He said that the city is yours because your heart is right. Watch this. Not this corner. Not Orange Grove. The city. God's going to raise us up as a beacon light for the city, both naturally and spiritually. He said, because our hearts are right. So if God's going to give us the city because our hearts are right, then the only way to properly maintain what God has allowed us to obtain is that we must keep our hearts. Come on, somebody. Right. So this is what, let me, let me help you. Let me help you. Don't leave this service and speak against what we're doing. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. Not for my sake, but for... Don't, don't, don't let this be the table for, girl, he asked for $40,000. Talking about 525 That's like, ain't that a half a meal? <laughs> don't do that. Just talk in faith. Talk in faith, and God's going to do it. Everybody shout, God's going to do it. Shout it again. God's going to do it. Say it again. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Father, we seal this word now, and it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, amen. I'm super excited. Amen. Let's jump into the word of God Oh, today. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to be in the book of uh, 1 Kings chapter number 17, verses number 1. Um, you see all of these great amenities on the stage. Um, my father, the gospel apostle, Beard, um, hosted his holy convocation this week, um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they'll conclude Sunday at 3 o'clock. For those who are available, I'd love for you to join to support uh, the grand finale. Um, my Father in the Gospel, he'll be ministering today at 3 o'clock. And um, I want to appreciate all of the, my ushers and the parking lot staff and all the other guys that just kind of help, helped out. Um, I especially want to uh, give a shout out for those of you guys who came to support me Thursday night for the ministry moment. Oh my God! W watch this. It's been, it's been. So Apostle Beard is the man of God that raised me up. He raised me up, trained me as a minister, as a as a man of God, as a teacher, as a preacher, as a pastor, and it's been 17 years since I preached in front of him. 17, 17 years since I preached in front of him. Brother was a little nervous. <laughs> Brother was a little nervous. But I mean, you know, God came through. Absolutely, positively, God came through. So I appreciate you guys, your prayers and support. And it was an absolutely amazing service. Amen. 
Book of uh, 1 Kings, chapter number 17, verses number 1. If you have your Bible or your electronic device, let's make our declaration of faith. Somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer, not a doubter. A doer, and not just a hearer. And my life, again, and my life, one more time, and my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. Yes. First Kings chapter number 17, verse number one, the Bible declares, now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except, my, except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, verse number three. He says, leave here, turn eastward, and hide in Kerith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. Five declares, so he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kerith Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread supernaturally and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Seven declares, sometimes later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Father, now in Jesus' name, I want to thank you once again for this opportunity to minister the word of God to the people of God. I pray that the words of my mouth, the very meditations of my heart, God, that they are acceptable in your sight. Be glorified, my King, in all that's said and done. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, amen. amen. I want to start out here um, giving a definition to uh, the law. Everybody shout, the law. Okay, so just, just based on Webster's, uh, actually Oxford Dictionary, um, there are several di uh, definitions that's connected to this particular word, law. Here's one of the definitions. It's a rule of conduct formally recognized as binding or enforced by a controlling authority. A rule of conduct formally recognized and binding. So we have red lights, we have stop signs. These are, there's a rule of law concerning these particular instruments. And how many know if you run that stop sign or that red light, Some enforcement is coming your way. Here's the second uh, definition of law. The body of divine commandments as expressed in the Bible. So you have what's known as the Pentateuch, the first five books of Moses, or the first five books of, um, 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 of the Bible. And these are legislations that God gave to his people. Now understand the reason he gave them legislation is because he brought them out, separated them from a people, and he established a nation with these people. So the law in our, est in our estimation is their constitution. Everybody shout the law. So here's the third definition of law, and this is where we're hanging our hats today. Thirdly, a law is defined as a statement of fact determined from observation to the effect that a particular phenomenon always occurs if certain conditions are present. Read that again. A statement of fact determined from, how do you determine this, uh, this, this statement of fact is true? Because through observation, 
to the effect that a particular phenomenon, it always occur if certain conditions are present. So you have both natural laws and spiritual laws. Based off of this third definition, here's a, a natural law, and some refer to it as the law of gravity. The law of gravity states, the statement of fact is, whatever goes up must come down. It's a statement of fact, watch this, determined from observation to the effect that a particular phenomenon always occur if certain conditions are present. So the law of gravity says what goes up must what, y'all? Unless when I throw it up, somebody catches it. Or I throw it up and a bird grab it. Outside of those conditions, every single time, based on the law of gravity, whatever goes up again must what, y'all? Come down. So you have natural laws that cannot be broken, and then you have spiritual laws. And I want to talk about one of those spiritual laws today called the law of harvest. Everybody shout the law of harvest. Say it again, the law of harvest. In the law of harvest, it is, in essence, it says you reap what you sow in proportion to the quality of the seed sown. You reap what you sow in proportion to the quality of the seed sown. Now, when I talk about the quality of the seed, I'm not always talking about the size. Sometimes that, that incorporates your motives, your intentions, as well as your obedience to what it is that God has challenged you to sow. Galatians 6 and 7 declares, do not be do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he what, y'all? What he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap what, y'all? Eternal life. Nine declares, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, man, this is so good. At the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So the man of God is challenging them that you're doing good works and your good works in all actuality is a seed that you're sowing in the ground. And there is, everybody shout, my harvest is coming. He says the harvest is coming, so don't be weary in doing well. Continue to do well because in due season, due season, everybody shout due season. Now, let me help you with due season. Anybody ever receive something that called that in the mail that said past due? D-U-E, past due. So what them folk trying to tell you is you were supposed to send us a check on a particular date. And we just reminding you <laughs> we didn't get our check. Well, God says that you have, everybody shout, I have a due season. And how many know God's seasons are never late and his checks don't bounce? So he says, continue to do good because, see, your season is going to change. Therefore, verse number 10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Hebrews chapter number 6, verse number 10, the writer declares, for God, ooh, this is so good, I want to run already, is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Y'all, my God, this is so powerful. In essence, God says you cannot die until your harvest comes. 
It would be unrighteous of me as God to let you leave. Oh, my God. I'm, I just, Jesus. To let you leave this earth and I hadn't blessed you back for the seeds that you have sown in the ground. My God, today. Some of y'all have a spiritual life policy right now with God. I don't know about y'all, but I've put too much in my kids to die now and not see the fruit of the sacrifice, the labors that I put in my babies. Come on, somebody. The Bible declares that God would be unjust. Unjust. And he's a just God. Everybody shout, I can't die now because my harvest hadn't come yet. Some of y'all lost. Let me help you. Let me help you. In the book of Mark, chapter number 10, verse number 28, the apostle Peter, you know this story. Uh, Jesus told the man to, watch this, to go sell all of his goods, give to the poor, and then you'll have eternal life. Come and follow me. The man walked away sad. Well, Peter, Peter looked at Jesus and said, look here, we've done all that you've asked us to do. Every sacrifice, every seed that you challenged us to sow, we have done that. So Peter speaks, speaks up in Mark 10, 28. He says, we have left everything to follow you. Look what Jesus says. Truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel, verse number 30, will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this what, y'all? In this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, along with persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. Now let me deal with a hundred times as much. Because, <laughs> y'all don't hate me, a um, hundred children wouldn't be a blessing to me. <laughs> and I love all 50 of my babies, all five of them. I love them so much. God knows I love them. But a hundred of them just, just would not be a blessing to me right now. So, so what the scripture is declaring a hundred times, God is saying whatever seed that you sow for me in the gospel's sake, I'm going to give you the maximum return of that particular seed. So when you cut off a relationship for my sake, whatever joy, peace, whatever benefits you was getting out of that relationship because you cut it off for me, I'm going to make sure that you get a hundredfold return of whatever benefits that you was getting out of that relationship. Now, let me pause there again, because some of y'all, it's time for y'all to cut some folk off, but you don't want to cut them off because of the benefits that you're getting out of the relationship. And Jesus is promising to his disciples, if you cut it off for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you. Can you say amen to that? Watch this. Psalms 27, 13. David declares, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Where, y'all? In the land of the living. Now, David understands there's coming a day. He's going to wrap himself and he's going to close his eyes for the final time. But you know what David is going to say on his deathbed right before he dies? He's going to pray a prayer and he's going to thank God for allowing me to live long enough to see my seed be an heir on my throne. So the man of God says that I would have fainted, I would have lost heart if I didn't really believe that God was going to give me a harvest in my lifetime for the seeds that I have sown. Now, there are some of you guys that are becoming a little weary in your well-doing, and the enemy is messing with your faith. But I'm telling you now, the devil is absolutely alive. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, 
God's going to pay you here and now. Let's, let's talk about this law of harvest because I want to show you an example of a couple, my God, today. But because the law of harvest operates whether you're conscious of it or not, because it's a law. <laughs> the, the law of gravity, what, look, look, whether you intended to operate it or not, it just works. Why? Because it's a law. So when it comes to this spiritual law, the law of harvest, it operates whether you intend to operate it or work it or not. In the book of 2 Kings, chapter number 4, verse number 8, the Bible declares one day Elijah went to Shunem and a well-to-do woman. Everybody shout, well-to-do. So sister girl had a little money. She had a little money. Yeah. I'm going to call her for this capital campaign. <laughs> the Bible declares she was well-to-do. Um... And a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. Now she noticed, now you got to understand, um, this is why some of y'all trip when it comes to giving. This is why some of y'all family trip on y'all when you're giving. Because when you give, sometimes you just see a man. The woman didn't see a man, she saw a mission of God. So when you just seeing a man, I understand why you tripping. Come on, somebody. But we ain't giving the folk. We're giving the... Jesus is going to challenge us in Matthew when he says, um, I was hungry and you ain't feed me. Naked, destitute, you didn't clothe me. In prison, you didn't come see me. And they're going to look back and say, when were you in prison? When were you sick? When were you in a situation and we didn't take care of you? He says, when you didn't do it to the least of my loved ones. Are y'all with me? So she sees a mission. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Verse 10, everybody shout, she, she wants to do more. So he's just stopping by, going from place to place, fulfilling God's will for his life. And from time to time, he'll stop and he'll get a meal. He'll get something to eat. But she wants to do something more. 10 declares, let's make a small room on the roof and put, it, put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. Now, this is, this is major because at first we just give, offer him a meal. Now we're going to create his entire room just in case he wants to take a nap between uh, villages that he's visiting. So one day when Elijah came, he went up to his room and lay down there. 12 declares, and he said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him. Elijah said to him, tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now, what can be done for you? This is interesting because the woman of God is going to deny his request. In essence, she's going to be like, I'm good. I didn't do this for nothing. I didn't do this because I wanted something from you. I was trying to get noticed. No, I just saw an opportunity to be a blessing, and I chose to be a blessing. But the man of God, look what, this is so crazy, and I want to help somebody with this. He gives this woman an opportunity to name her seed. Because I don't care whether you wanted something or not. You activated the law of harvest, and because you sowed, you got to... 
And there's some, uh, there's some wonderful saints in here, and I love you so very much because you serve, you work, you give, and you expect nothing in return. You just do it because you know it's the right thing to do. Well, I'm telling you today, just because it's the right thing to do in your eyes is good, but in God's eyes, God says, I owe you, though. I owe you, oh, my God. I owe you, and I'm going to pay. See, God ain't like your cousin Pookie. How many of y'all got money out right now that folk owe y'all? Now, how many of y'all the ones that own the money? <laughs> I got one of my good friends. He called me. Oh, my goodness. I shouldn't say this because he might be watching. Praise the Lord. But he'll call me in the heart. Hey, AG, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I be like, he wants some money. <laughs> he wants some money. Man, how the kids? Man, how the wife doing? He be like, man, I'm on hard times, bro. I'm on hard times. He called me like every two years. So he called me this year, so he's going to skip 2023, 24. He said, man, I need $200, man, I need $200. And I said, hey, I got you, man, I got you. Because we got, the, we, I, yeah. So I said, I got you, I got you. He said, man, and I promise you, I promise you, I'm going to give it back to you this Friday. Now I already knew he was lying. <laughs> I knew he was lying. I had no expectations, Pop. He was gonna, I was going to get that $200 this Friday. Matter of fact, when I get, he, in my mind, it was a gift, not a loan. Amen. Real talk. So I gave it to him, and, and I didn't hear from him Friday. <laughs> I heard from the next Friday, and he called, he said, hey, man, hey, G, man, I'm still just kind of, man, just going through, man, just give me a minute, give me a minute. And then, like, two weeks later, he sent me 100, and then, and then, you know, I called him. And it's funny, because I was calling him just to check in on him. I wasn't even worried about the money. Forgot about the money. Just called him, checking in, he answered my call. Why folk be doing that? <laughs> and then when they do pick up the phone, they be like, I know I owe you money. I, ain't, I just call and say Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's the I just call and say Happy New Year. Ain't money. I just. So he cashed me the app me the other $100 he owed me. And then he going to call me. Hey, what's up, G? Hey, my man, you get, did, you, did you, get, you, get that, you get that other $100? Did you, did you? God ain't like folk that owe you. God said, I'm going, look at, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God going to pay you. Now, some of y'all looking at this message like this is all carnal. I'm telling you, this is so spiritual because there are some of you all, you've been working, you've been serving, you've been sowing, and you've been diligent about what it is that God has called you to do, and it just looked like the harvest hadn't come yet. I'm telling you, payday is coming. Can somebody say amen to that? So, so the prophet gives this woman an opportunity to name her seed, and I want to challenge you to do the same. When you sow, name your seed. Name your seed. God, this seed I'm sowing, and this is what I'm asking you. To, it's too crazy because last night, my, my God, it was, it was too powerful. It was too powerful. Um, it, we, had, we, had, we had a prophet in the house last night, y'all. Um, my, my buddy, he told me when he introduced me to him, before he introduced me, he said, watch this, he said, this guy is Prophet Judah times 10. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was just crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. It, it, it always made, Pop was sitting back there in the back, and Pop told me this morning, yeah, I'm going to put you out there. Pop said, I tested the man of God and said to God, if he, real pro if he a real prophet, God, I'm sitting back here sick. Send that man of God to pray for me. Send him to pray for me. And at the end of service, he was getting ready to wrap out. 
He walked way to the back, shook his hand, and prayed for the man of God. Oh, my God, today, I feel something. Hey, I'm telling y'all, I'm tell y'all missed something last Look at my leg. Look at my leg. Y'all missed something last night. If, if y'all ever wanted to see me fall out, I fell last night. I told God, I said, God, I don't want a word. I know where I'm going. I said, you know what I want? I want the grace that's upon this life to flow and to minister. That's what I want. So the man of God was prophesying to everybody on my road. When he came to me, he didn't say a word, but he touched me. And I went on out, y'all. I just went on out. You know what I did? I named my seed for the sacrifice and for what I'm sowing. That's good. God, this is what I want. So he gives the woman of God an opportunity to name her seed. She chooses not to. She says, I'm really good. But watch this. God says, I don't care you good. I'm getting ready to pay you for your seed. Harvest is still coming. So look what happens. Verse number 14. The man of God, since he won't, since the woman of God won't give her, give him an answer, he looks to his servant. What can be done for her, Elijah asked. Gehazi says she has no son, and her husband is old. Then Elijah said, call her. So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. Look what, look what the man of God says. About this time next year, you will hold a son in your arms. Look, look at her response. No, my Lord. She objected, please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant, and the, let, me, let, me, let me just stop there. Let me stop at verse number 16, because this is, what, this is what the prophet did. This is what God did for her. God resurrected an old dream for her. Her seed called something that she had put to rest that would never come to pass to manifest in her life. So she says, don't get my hopes up like this again. Because I lived at a place of hopefulness in one period of my life. But look here. This is a different, everybody shout, this is a different season. He said, this is a different season because you were asking and you were praying and you was believing. But this time you put a seed in the ground. And whenever you sow seed, come on somebody, you always reap a harvest. Can somebody say amen to that? So the Bible declares, but the woman became pregnant. The next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elijah told her. That's why we make the declaration every time we give. We say, this is my seed that I'm sowing today. In what, y'all? In good ground. And I know I'll receive what, y'all? A harvest in the area in my life that I need most. Because what God does, whenever you don't target your seed, God looks at what you need, and he meets the need. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody shout, bless me, Lord. Everybody shout it again, bless me, Lord. Shout it again, bless me, Lord. How many know God wants to bless you? Are y'all with me? I said, how many of you know God wants to bless you? Now, now, now you, you need to understand. Thank you, Jesus. There's several ways that God blesses. One way that God blesses you is by gracing you. Grace is unmerited favor. So, in essence, God gives you something you don't deserve. I'm going to grace you. Yeah, my kids are so blessed. They are graced, blessed. Yeah. My wife, she been, you know, we already 
putting some stuff together for Christmas and ordering some stuff for Christmas. And they ain't been that good for what we're going to get in. <laughs> they have not been that good. Got Greg Jr. a car. Was that early this year we got him a car? Got him a kid. He ain't been that good. Yeah. Paid. How, how much was that saxophone? Like $3,000? Behind in the 10th grade. 10, 11 grade. Which one? In the 10th grade, $3,000 instrument that she leave out in the rain. What? Look, it's in my car right now. It's been there for a whole week. I ain't touched it. $3,000. What charity at? She ain't been that good. But you know what? She got a good daddy. And guess what? You do too. <laughs> so God has a way of giving you something when he know you don't deserve it. Everybody shall bless me, Lord. There are times when God blesses you through grace. And then there are times when God blesses you through mercy. Because there's some stuff you do deserve. It's some retribution, some consequences that you do deserve. And God says, I'm going to bless you and have mercy on you and not allow the negative harvest to overtake you that you know. Does anybody know anything about grace and mercy? Everybody shall bless me, Lord. So there are times God blesses you through grace. Times God blesses you through mercy. Then there are times when God blesses you through spiritual laws. And spiritual laws are always conditional. If you meet this requirement, then you will get this particular result. And I'm getting ready to show you a woman in the Bible. And this is, this is why a lot of people have a problem with messages like this, because they don't understand. God has, God has a choice. And when he makes a choice, it's just his choice. So we, they, they'll look at a message like this and be like, there, there he go, talking about if you give money, then you're going to get something. No, 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 no. God chooses how he wants to do it. So if he wants to, anybody ever been graced before, right? Anybody ever received mercy before? Well, I'm telling you, God also chooses a way to bless you that is conditional. If you do this, then that will happen. I want to show you in the text. In the text, it doesn't seem fair because this woman is getting ready to die. And it would seem as though because she's getting ready to die, God would just have grace on her and he would just have mercy on her. But God says, no, I ain't going to have grace and mercy. I'm going to challenge her to operate a law and a principle. And if she meets the condition of the principle and law, she'll receive the rewards of that particular law. Now watch this. Thank you, Jesus. First Kings chapter number 17, verse number two. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook. And I have directed, everybody shout, God directed. The Bible declares, I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. Five declares, so he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go, to, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar? 
so I may have a drink. And she was going to get it. He called and bring me, please, a piece of bread. Look at her response. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. I only have a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in the jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Everybody shout, please bless her, Lord. Come on, say it again. Say, say it with Say, Lord, please bless her. I, I, come on, I need you to intercede on this woman's behalf. Everybody shout, Lord, please bless her. So, 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 so the way you want God to bless her, you want him to have grace on her. That's what you want. Just, just supernaturally provide her needs. And God says, you know what? I am going to bless her, but I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to just grace her with what she needs. I'm going to challenge her faith to give up something to sow a seed. And after sowing a seed, she's guaranteed to reap a harvest. Now watch this. She says, I don't have bread to give. All I got is a little flour, a little oil. And here are my plans, my plans. I'm going to make this little cake. Me and my son, we're going to eat it. And after we eat it, we're going to die because the drought is still going on. Now, now, let's back up. Let's back up. Go to 1 uh, Kings 17 and 9. The scripture declares, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. You know what that tells me? God had already told her to give it. God had already spoke to her. Now, ain't it crazy? The same scripture says that God directed a raven and the raven didn't have no problems. Raven didn't have no issue. The raven was going over that old mate with a, with a raven there, and he was like, ah, change my mind, <laughs> Didn't have no problem at all. Isn't this something? A raven to do what God say, but not his children. He says, go down to Zarephath because I already talked to this woman. I already told this woman, this is what I want you to do. When the prophet shows up, she gives a hundred excuses as to why she can't do what God told her to do. Now, 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 I set, I set y'all up. I showed did. I set y'all up a couple of weeks ago because I asked, how many of y'all hear God in the word of God? How many of y'all hear God in dreams? How many of y'all hear God in revelation? How many of y'all hear the audible voice? How many of y'all have angelic visitation? And all you jokers raised y'all hands. So don't be like, well, Pastor, I just can't hear the voice. Of oh, now you can't hear him now? You can't hear him now? Jesus said, my sheep do what, y'all? Know my voice. So you know the voice of God and you hear the voice of God. The question is, will you obey the voice of God? Because you're pr praying for a blessing, a grace blessing, when God says, I don't want to give you a grace blessing. I want to give you a law blessing. I want it to be conditional. I will meet your needs if you will first do what I challenged you to do. Are y'all with me in this place? So God had already directed this woman. So this is what the prophet's going to tell her. It's good stuff. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't fear. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't fear. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Don't fear. 
Um, I, I, I gave in the offering uh, uh, Friday night. I, gave a, I sold $1,000. I sold $1,000 in the offering. And I called my wife and I said, hey, babe, I, I gave $1,000. She's like, what? <laughs> that was Friday night. I ain't tell I gave another thousand last night. <laughs> Why you do that? Because I know the principle. I mean, real talk. I mean, oh, so you, you just balling like that? You just write checks for thousands? You just give thousands? No, 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 no. I just know the principle. There's no possible way that I can sow that type of seed and not receive. I'm asking God for $40,000 in one day. I said, I'm asking God for $40,000 in one day. Can I trust you with $2,000? If I can't trust you to be obedient with $2,000, how you going to handle $40,000? No, 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 you need to hear me. You mean, I didn't say... 40,000 a year. I didn't say I worked 365 days minus vacation, six days and off days and got 40,000. I'm saying I'm trusting God to receive $40,000 in one day. So how are you going to stand in faith to believe me for 40 when I can't trust you to give two away? So the principle is, be not deceived. God is not what, y'all? Mocked. Whatsoever a man, that shall he also. And watch this. No matter what your seed is, the harvest is always greater than the seed. Because if you sow an apple seed, you get an apple tree. Come on, somebody. That produces thousands, hundreds of apples that contain thousands of more seeds to be sown. So I could have held on to my little $2,000. But I'm believing God for so much more. So this woman, 1 Kings 17, 13, Elijah said unto her, don't be afraid. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't fear. Don't fear. Because when we talk about stuff like this, fear grips your heart. Fear grips your heart. Spirit of lack grips your heart. I won't have, if I give, because listen, listen, I'm not telling you what to give. I'm just telling you to ask God. Anybody, don't raise your hand, but I, I know what it's like for God, for God to, um, to tell me to give something. My heart just jumped. <clears throat> Let me take it further. I know what it's like for God to tell me to give something, and then I rebuke the devil. I guess I ain't the only one. The devil is a liar. He a liar up in here. Pastor, can you anoint some more of that oil? I need to get some. <laughs> My God today. Look at your neighbor again and tell him, don't be afraid. I just want you to obey God. That's all I want you to do. So, 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 you know what? It, it's, it, it would be, you know what? I really, bless you, I really have it going on if the stuff I preach was just for y'all. Watch this. Y'all need to live holy. But I go live any kind of way I want to live. 
Y'all need to get to the kingdom of God. And then I hold on to all my, you understand what I'm saying? I have it going on if it were like that. But the reality is I am subjected to the same word that I minister. So everybody look at your pastor and say, Pastor, don't be afraid. Go ahead and say it like you from Nargapur. Say, Pastor, don't be scared. And I'm telling you today, don't be scared because God's going to, uh, and this, this message is not just, so, so God, God sent me on a, he, he sent me on a prayer assignment. He sent me on a prayer assignment. I won't name the two people I'm praying for, but, but God, he revealed to me something that was going on in their lives. And God told me to commit to praying for these two particular leaders every day, every day. Now watch this. He reminded me of a previous assignment that he put me on that I stopped praying for this particular individual. In essence, he says, don't stop praying for them daily until I tell you to stop. Until they come through what it is that they're going through right now. So do you know what my prayer life is? It's a seed. And some of y'all are like, well, that's, that's easy to do. Just pray. No, 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 no. Not when you're praying, praying. He challenged me to tap in on their behalf. It's a seed. So if I'm sowing a seed in prayer, guess what I'm getting ready to reap, y'all? I'm getting ready to reap a harvest. What is the harvest going to be? I don't know. I'm going to leave that up to God. Have I named it yet? Not yet. And I don't know if I'm going to name it or not. All I do know is God is not unrighteous, unjust to forget your labors of love. Whatever you sow, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're going to reap it. So he's challenging this woman of God. I'm over time. I got to get out of here, y'all. I got to get out of here. He says, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourselves and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar, they're in the middle of a drought, y'all. So ain't nothing growing. There's no water. The, the, the river that the man of God was at when the raven was bringing him bread in the morning and evening, that has completely dried up. But he, he sends a prophetic word concerning her harvest. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord said. He said it's going to be a miracle that every time you dip your hand in for a scoop of flour, it's going to refill. Every time you get some oil, it's going to refill until the Lord sends rain. 15 declare, she went. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, go. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. And everybody says...